welcome to the Adversity Psychologist podcast, a podcast incorporating narratives about facing and navigating adversity, a mixture of people, their experiences and professional psychological discussion. I'm Dr. Tara Quintarillo. I'm a qualified and regulated psychologist with over 20 years experience of mental health, disability and human behaviour. I want to share people's stories of navigating adversity in the hope that through being heard, a dose of compassion and some understanding, we can help others in the face of adversity too. Hi and welcome to the Adversity Psychologist podcast. Oh, perfect end to my week. So it's a really hot, hot heat wave here in the UK. So the best end to the week is having a familiar guest back on again. So I have Steve Lovelace, who was with us when, let me double check when you were on before, series two, episode three. When Life Gives You Lemons was the episode title, wasn't it? Um, And he's come back today. We're going to have more of a fun episode today. So I'm going to let him explain just a little bit about who he is and what's brought him back on today. Hi, Steve. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Tara. Thank you so much for the opportunity to come back on. I love this is going to be probably the funnest episode yet. Yeah, Um, I think it will be. So casual. And, you know, it's about animals. And I'll try to stir my dog up here before too long. But uh, just a bit about you know, my backstory in 1982 as a 20 year old college student, I was involved in a near death freak accident when a tree split in half, fell on me, crushed my body from head to toe, pretty much uh, left me paralyzed and, you know, wondering if I was ever going to walk again. I did walk. I walked out of the hospital after I proclaimed that I would walk. It was three and a half months of grueling effort, but I took four steps. Uh, Three years later, I found myself at the starting line of a triathlon in Ponca City, Oklahoma. And at the end of that day, I crossed the finish line in last place, but I never gave up. I never quit. My resiliency was just forge ahead, get to the end. And as luck would have it and as fortune would have it, years later, I found out that I was the first ever disabled athlete with a spinal cord injury and the second ever to complete a triathlon. Uh, making me a pioneer in the sport. And, you know, I'm representative of USA Triathlon Foundation now, which I'm very proud to be a part of that organization, raising funds for other people like myself to get into the sport. And so now I'm telling my story to people like you and um, I'm writing a book, which I hope it's going to be out soon. And as I said, I'm going to give you a perfect side note in there. There's so many people I want to recognize uh, as I've you know, <laughs> on this journey and it's just, it's, you know, my life is pretty amazing and you can hear my dog now probably, can. <laughs> which is probably a hint of what we're going to also come on to yeah, talk about. Exactly. Well. But that's, that's life with animals, right? <laughs> so your remarkable story, because of course you were on series two, episode three. So we want people to refer you to go back and listen to that episode if you haven't done that already. Um, but while we were talking kind of behind the scenes, um, it might actually have come up during the episode as well, actually. We're both huge dog lovers. We both are dog owners and cat owners we found out today as well so we've loved and lost our cats recently haven't we um and we were just thinking about the role that dogs play in our lives generally with coping with adverse events but also maybe a little bit more of the kind of science about why it is and is it all right so we can both say we're cat lovers too so it doesn't make us too biased does it but there is something about dogs particularly i think that is quite magic and we thought it'd be quite a fun idea to start talking about the therapeutic benefits of dogs maybe with a little side hope so i'm involved in a a, a 
talks with another project where they are trying to connect people with um, rescue animals to combat loneliness, but also to try and enhance people's emotional well-being as well. So I'm hoping maybe somebody listening might start to think, oh, I wonder whether I could, you know, provide an animal a nice home so it helps you but also perhaps at the moment in the UK we have this is my side note huge huge amount of animals in rescue shelters post-pandemic that need homes um, so what better way to kind of match our emotional health with a furry friend <laughs> so hopefully that's a little side thing to come from today as a previous owner of a rescue dog um, I can say that when you connect with one of those animals yeah I think they understand their circumstance. And when they find the person that they're going to spend the rest of their life with, it makes all the difference in the world in that relationship between man and dog or woman and dog. And, and just Absolutely. how much they can bring to your life. Um, they're not a burden at all. I mean, you have to feed and water and groom, but it's, hard you know work. Yeah. it's a child um, to an extent. Yeah. But what they provide yeah. from a return standpoint is an investment yeah. that is probably the best in the world. Oh, so, in my absolutely. opinion, aside from your own children, of course. I was thinking last year, so we had a second dog last year who we got as a puppy. Um, and there were a few days where I found myself going, really? We're doing the whole puppy thing again? It's hard work, isn't it? The training, the trying to teach them to use the loo outside. <laughs> and it can be really quite draining. That element, it's hard work. And I think that's why it's also good to talk about this. It's a responsibility and a commitment, isn't it? But always always it's absolutely worth it you know even on those days where you're quite tired and they haven't quite got the concept of going to the toilet outdoors and <laughs> you come down in the morning and they've still gone to the toilet indoors um but there's something magical so you've had dogs over many years haven't you and at the yeah, moment tell us about tell us about the dog you have now and the dogs yeah. you've had in the past well she's currently hey shelbo come here um this is my big 70 pound golden doodle she's my I guess you call her my baby. <laughs> she's about she's five years old now, and she's totally ignoring me. <laughs> she's absolutely gorgeous. I haven't yeah. heard of a golden doodle before, so I don't know what planet I've been on. What that's a cross with a. It's a golden retriever and a standard poodle. Oh, um, cool. so they're going to be very big animals. I mean, if if you're, and I think they miniaturize them. There are uh, miniature versions of the dogs. Right. But honestly, I couldn't. I couldn't imagine uh, a smaller dog than what I have now. She stands, she helps me with my stability. I still have issues uh, with yes. stability. Yeah. She has yeah. a harness that, that I use when I take her out to places and she helps me stabilize myself. And so she is a service dog to an extent, but more than anything, she's my uh, emotional outlet. I, she's laying beside me in the bed when I wake up in the morning and I reach over and I pet her and, um, she gives me wet kisses in my ear and you know just <laughs> all the things it's, it's, it's the best of all worlds and especially when i'm having a very down day i think she can tell and she'll yes. sit right in front of me as if to say i got you nothing's going to come between you and the world outside of me in front of you 
I think they're wonderfully grounding. So for those people who are listening who might not be dog people, as we say, so some people may have experience with dogs, some people may, you know, have dogs now, so we have a whole breadth of people listening, but some people aren't dog people. And I'm not sure they're in whether listening like me. When I hear other people talk about their relationship with their dog, it gives me goosebumps. So as you were talking then, because it brings back the memories of other dogs you have as well as the dogs you have now, that's something that is really hard to explain to non-dog owners or people who haven't had experience of dogs. And I call that the magic thing. I don't know I don't know a better way to kind of explain that, that this isn't just about what she can provide for you in terms of being a service dog then, but there is something else there. There's a relationship, there's a connection. Yeah, well, and I suffer from PTSD as well. And when I have those bad moments, when, you know, yeah. thoughts kind of pop out, I need something. And if I was in a house by myself with yes. all that quietness, yeah. it, it would yeah. just be the worst of circumstances. But when I can call my dog over and I can pet on her and I can hug on her, it's, it, 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 I don't know, it's, it's the connection that you have with a child yeah. a little bit less because, you know, the child comes from you and of you, but yeah. the dog, and I tell you what, when you're alone, there's nothing better than having an animal around and she's I thought I saw her she's cool. ago, what's really lovely now because I have swapped over to a different um production system the visuals are much better so I can be putting out more visuals so if you're happy we'll put out some video reels from this and some stills so people can see her because at the beginning we said hi so I can do a still with that she's absolutely gorgeous and do you know I'm going to throw something out there really really out there sometimes I prefer having my dog's company to a human's if I'm going through something. <laughs> and I'm wondering whether there's something in that. Is that just me that I don't have to explain anything? There's something about the fact that dogs just know. So you can feel all the feels, but you, you don't have to explain. Because sometimes I don't feel like talking. Yeah. Not in an unhealthy way. I just don't want to be verbalizing. I just want to sit and feel and be. And I think dogs are quite special for that. <laughs> I don't know what your thoughts are on that. Well, I mean, if you think about it, dogs are highly sensitized to yeah. smell and I think to to feelings as well. I mean, we've not really connected into that per se, but um, they I think they just have an intuitive nature to know when you need them the most. But they can yeah. still be a little persnickety, um, you know, with their behaviors, as you said, when you're raising a young dog. Yes, uh, best to have tile versus carpet, <laughs> easier to clean up. But yeah. you know what? Even babies have mistakes. I remember my youngest son, I was changing his diaper and all of a sudden he starts to go number one and it was right on my chest, right on my shirt. And I had, I had to laugh. I mean, it's that's not something you would get upset about, but accidents are going to happen. But I, I think the benefits of having a dog far outweigh uh, any of the negativity. And Absolutely. again, with their heightened senses, yes. they know when you're having a bad day and they will protect and they will love and it's all unconditional i mean they just want to be fed petted yeah. and mm -hmm. watered and that's it i mean they're very low maintenance when you think about it i'm glad you touched on that actually so one of the things that i read up about dogs more recently so i thought right i'm going to have a little bit of look at the science behind some of this before we talk um and the, you know you there are a variety of different animals that are used as kind of therapy animals or you know in rehabilitation settings um but the kind of evidence around the dogs is their ability to pick up on your mood 
your emotions. Um, and there's a whole host of evidence there about what they can do for not just your emotional health, but your physical health. You know, owning a dog which can reduce blood pressure. Um, it mm. can improve sleep. Um, unless they are in the bed with you and sometimes hogging it and you know <laughs> there will be some dog owners where that will resonate where we try to put our boundaries in and sometimes being a bit <laughs> flexible on them and that's lovely so you know only when we're talking about the kind of emotional health and that mind body thing there's a whole host of research there so obviously some people listening might say well you can have all sorts of therapy animals absolutely but I think there's something about dogs and that intuitive they can pick up so obviously as well something we could touch on you know there are dogs now that can pick up before someone has an epileptic seizure yes so exactly. you know remarkable remarkable things and as you say your dog um, acts as a service dog for you as well as a companion um, and you know is it all right to ask then how does she know what you need and how did you kind of work that relationship out between yourselves a lot of it was trial and error. I mean, there's only a couple of things that I really need at this point in my life. And yeah. one is if I'm sitting on the floor, it's difficult for me to get up so I can yeah. call her over. She'll stand in front of me and she's, she stands about two and a half feet tall. She's pretty, yeah, she's tall for people that are listening on the podcast, go back to our social media and then you'll see. Yeah. And so I'll, I'll tell her to come over and bench, which she'll right. stiffen up. And then I can go between her shoulder blades and help push myself up ah, and get okay. up off the floor. So it's like, you know, having yeah. a, a table or a chair that you can grab onto. Yeah. And then, of course, uh, stability. Um, my legs below the waist are starting to give up on me uh, because of my disease, arachnoiditis. Right. But, uh, normally, I would walk with a, a, a staff yeah. um, to help my stability. <clears throat> but I found a harness that I can put on her that stands up and, and does the same thing. So now wow. she can go with me pretty much everywhere. Um, cool. and what it does is, for your independence then as well. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, I'm one fall away from breaking a hip, but if my dog is there to help stabilize me to prevent that, it's like the best of, of all worlds. Uh, I get to avoid the injury and I get to enjoy the, the comfort of my dog being with me. So. I'm saying the security that comes with that as well. So there are dogs that are specially trained to be dogs that are support people with PTSD, for example, but there are dogs to support people with mood. So I know at my son's secondary school, um, where we live down in the south of England, they have a dog that comes to visit, um, which is there for children with emotional health issues, which is just remarkable. And now they have um, kind of therapeutic guinea pigs as well. It's just, I, you know, wish we'd had that when I was at school. When I first started in the NHS many moons ago, um, there was an organisation called Pets and Therapy. So they were called pet dogs that sometimes we'd come in and use um, with people who had dog phobias, but also that was the early kind of or the beginnings of people also starting to use dogs to support people with depression and anxiety, as well as just specific phobias of dogs. Um, and things have come a really long way, haven't they? So for you, you know, when we look at your history, have you had you've had dogs for a while, haven't you? Not just this particular dog. Yeah, well, when I was a kid, I, I had a stuffed animal dog uh, that I right. called Ralph. And I, I loved that dog, and I would pray oh. every night, God, please let Ralph be a real dog that I can wow. wake up to the next day. And I brought every stray dog home in the neighborhood. If there was a dog out and it would come to me, I would put it in my backyard. My mom would ultimately be cooking dinner, looking out the window in the wow. backyard, saying, Steve, we have another dog. <laughs> 
So, and she was not much of a dog person until later okay. in her life. Yeah. But, uh, I got my first dog myself uh, right out of college. It was a, a black and white tribe, Australian Shepherd, oh, smartest, gosh. most loyal oh, dog. Yes. And she, uh, unfortunately, she got hit by a car in the country. Um, and so I kind of had a, a space where I didn't have animals, but I got back to the point where I needed a dog. I needed that comfort. I needed yeah. that interaction. And uh, so I've had one pretty much ever since. Wow. So it's kind of yeah. similar. Yeah. So I was in my early 20s when I got my first dog. So we'd always had cats growing up. Um, and interestingly enough, so that was an Australian Kelpie cross with a Border Collie. Okay. And Australian Kelpies are cattle dogs. Um, they also use them to herd sheep, and they are super intelligent, super fast. Um, and that dog was with me for, I think, 16 when he went. 16 years, and he went through so much. He knew, I hope this is right to share in a podcast, he knew I was pregnant with my youngest son before I did. Um, and I just wow. think that is beyond mind-blowing, isn't it? You know, and when both my sons were born, he would sit outside their, you know, the room where the crib was, their nursery, um, and being half border collie, he'd sit halfway up the stairs because he wanted to be between everyone. That's his way of herding us, sitting between. And when he died, I mean, grief and pet grief, gosh, it's a whole other thing, isn't it? Um, it it's really difficult because your dog has been through. It's not just about the time you have with your dog, but what your dog supports you through. For you particularly, what have your dog seen you through over the years? Oh, man, so much emotional trauma. Uh, and physical trauma. Um, I've suffered a couple of heart attacks. I've got nine coronary stents. Um, you know, you can't outrun your genetic predisposition to certain right. things. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, after my heart attacks, I mean, it was, you know, mild depression set in and, and I just, I needed that. I didn't need the, somebody coming and asking me, what do you need? What can I do type of situation? I just needed something there that was, warm fuzzy soft and would cuddle up to me yeah. that would allow me to get through the lowest points during that time frame yeah so it kind of comes back to what we were saying before that sometimes then you you kind of know what you need and there might be times where we need to talk to someone we may need someone to say what do you need but there are plenty of times and I think that's what I was kind of alluding to before where I just want the support and the physical, the contact. And there is a lot of research, isn't there, that actually the physical contact that you have with dogs can be really good for your emotional health. Again, reducing blood pressure, lowering stress levels. Um, you know, we produce cortisol when we're stressed, don't we? And that's not amazing for our bodies. Um, and the therapeutic benefits. So, you know, dogs where you are able to stroke them, um, there are obviously different rules, aren't there? Because certain types of service dogs, so I know um, guide dogs for the blind, there are kind of rules about how you touch them and, and how other people socialise with them. Um, so if we're thinking about kind of domestic pets, um, there is a lot of evidence for physical touch. They can Dogs are very good at knowing what you want. Cats, on the other hand, I find, <laughs> they can just disappear. When they've had enough, they'll just go, won't they? But dogs particularly, I think they just know what we need is so so good for us it kind of taps into what we call our parasympathetic that inbuilt soothing system and i'm wondering if that's what you're alluding to as well when you're saying just that just wanting to be with them without someone asking you anything there's no judgment no criticism is there with a dog oh yeah exactly and you know i when i take shelby with me uh we'll go to lowe's or we'll go to petco and you know i'll 
bring her in and, and she automatically attracts attention because she's so large. She's such a big dog. Yeah. And people yeah. will ask if they can pet her. And of course I say, obviously, I mean, this is a dog that will do you good and, and yes. does me good. Yeah. And just to have somebody uh, pay attention to her like that. I, I don't mind that at all. I mean, she's there to service me emotionally and yeah. physically. Yeah. So we crossed that barrier where she's not always working. Um, yes. She kind of yeah. does a work play thing. We go out, uh, it, but I don't mind anybody interrupting her service with me because I know that if they can connect with her, um, you know, she's doing more good in the world. So Absolutely. And it doesn't interrupt the work that she does with you by the sounds of it when other people interact with her. So I think that's probably good if anyone's listening now, just it's asking, I guess, as well, isn't it, about whether you want to let them interact just in case you're going to interrupt a, a particular job that they have to do or a particular mode that they're in i know you know especially with guide dogs for the blind they're supporting people and they can be distracted um and obviously that could be risky as well so when we kind of think about one of the things about dogs i also thought was the self-esteem stuff that was interesting there's quite a lot of research around self-esteem um with dog owners and self-confidence um, and I'm thinking, you know, everything you've been through, if you're comfortable sharing, you know, what does your dog do for you at the moment when you're kind of looking at all the, the kind of extraneous emotional stuff that you go through, the kind of loss, the transition? Um, because you've had lots of stages to your recovery as well, haven't you? I've had many. I, my life is such a role, has been such a roller coaster. Um, I, I like to say it's a happy Greek tragedy. Yeah. Um, but you know, with, with Shelby, it's, um, I always have something that I can count on. It's, it's, she's kind of my rock. She's always going to be, have, have the same temperament. She may be a little loud when people come over and it's because she's so happy to have guests. Uh, but you know, in the end, I think with even her loudness, it's just, that's just a kid going, yay. You know, look, somebody <laughs> came to see me, not you. Hey, can you come here? You see, no, <laughs> um, but yeah, she uh, man, I, I don't know where I would be without her, not to be honest. Come here, she's absolutely gorgeous, and I can't get over the size either. <laughs> I imagine she takes up quite a lot of room on the sofa and in the bed as well. Because <laughs> I'm thinking, you know, if anybody listening today is struggling emotionally they can look into therapeutic dog services in their local area whether that's in the states or over here in the uk or i've got a few listeners in australia as well uh, regular listeners over there um is that what you know what people can do to take that first step because sometimes it can feel a bit intimidating if you want to get a dog and you're generally interested in dogs and looking at the benefits of having one you know looking at those first steps how do you know when you're a match for a dog i always think that's a, always an interesting question for people <laughs> i meet how do you know does the dog you or do you pick the dog do you reckon um well with her uh she just kind of she fit us and then we initially just started to fit with her my wife found her on facebook and okay. normally doodles are okay. very expensive but she was like the runt of the the uh, pack oh. um that uh, she was born in and they had, the mother wanted one of the dogs and the daughter wanted the dogs. And then they had a standard poodle and a, a golden retriever that they mated. She was the last of the litter. And we got her very inexpensively, um, which was awesome because, yeah. you know, they can be sometimes thousands of dollars. Well, but yeah. I will say if, 
if you can afford that and you want this type of dog, their temperament, their mentality, and their loyalty is above reproach. I mean, they just, they are so in tune. I mean, she's sitting here to my right right now, just kind of protect mode because she heard something out in front. So she'll come and after barking and, and that's comforting to me because I know that nobody's going to sneak up on me. And, uh, she will always, always, always have my (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. She's always got your back because I'm not going to bring this in here. It's a difficult thing. But since the pandemic, the cost of dogs in the UK is astronomical. So you've got a lot of breeders, unfortunately, who are jumping on the bandwagon because a lot of people got dogs during lockdown as maybe because they found they had more time for other people. It was about coping. Um, but unfortunately, it has meant that the cost of getting a dog has really gone up so for some people again like you say listening now it's that weighing it up but also it's looking at what breed's going to fit you i do think we kind of we should do our job here shouldn't we and say you know do a bit of research into breeds because some of the ones that look cool or are kind of trendy you know in favor don't always fit well with every different circumstance some are not amazing with kids even though you see them in the movies in kids movies for example um and and getting that fits really important as well because what you don't want to do is impact your emotional health by getting a dog that's not going to be the right fit that causes you stress or anxiety in terms of how you look after it but that also with a duty of care that the dog's not going to be looked after well enough you know if you're not able to do that and meet the dog's needs as well so some breeds need a lot of walking i have a border collie that's not a dog you can take on a quick pavement walk it's got to have a really long walk a couple of times a day and that's a huge commitment it really is um so kind of you know thinking about people being responsible (laughs) with what they do with dogs well I, i would suggest if anybody's that doesn't have a dog or has never owned a dog but wants a dog i don't know if you have uh local dog parks we have similar, uh, yes. I so there's kind go of go and take the dogs off leash, let them run and play with yes, other other yes. dogs. That way, to see how dogs interact with one another, what yeah, type of dogs point. you may be interested in, and then of course you can you know approach the owner and you know may I pet your dog, uh, which is always kind of a standard. I mean, you never want to just take liberty with somebody else's dog. Absolutely. Um, you know, it's just it, it's kind of protocol, but I would think that would be a, a great way to go, and you know. You had mentioned earlier about all the dogs you know, that need to be rescued. And I would go to the rescue centers, look at those dogs, and you'll connect. I mean, dogs' eyes will connect straight to your heart. And oh, when that do. happens, you'll know. I mean, you'll lock into that dog. It's like it's like finding your perfect car or that perfect dress uh, to go out and, and do your thing on a Friday night. So it's about fit isn't it i think oh absolutely. Um, i have a cousin who lives in um just in between san francisco um, and la and he helps out at dog shelter and he's always talking about the fit <laughs> i have to make sure i get him yep. to listen to this episode but you know but he does a lot of education with people that the dog might look sweet but you've got to know you can look after it but also that the fit's really important as well because that's what's going to add to the relationship that's really special as well so obviously we need to direct people back to your original episode that you did so series two episode three people need to go and check that out to hear your story because i think people need to also hear that to know 
absolutely why your dog is so important in your ongoing rehabilitation, your emotional health as well, coping with trauma. Um, if you were to leave us with a little adversity takeaway, what would it be around dogs? What little nugget could you give us with your knowledge of dogs and how they have been beneficial for you? Don't make a, a, a snap decision on an animal. Think about it for a while. Think about how it will affect your life if you live an active life and you're out of the house a lot, get a dog that will, you know, pretty much walk into that lifestyle with you. Uh, if you travel a lot, it's probably best not to have an animal. But yeah. I will say that if you suffer from PTSD, like myself, or you have a physical disability, these animals will provide you so much more in return than you put into them. And I, I think just, you know, thinking at it from that aspect, everybody suffers adversity it's like death and taxes adversity is yeah. going to be one of those other things you can tack on there and at the lowest points that animal will not judge you uh yeah. they will always provide love and care uh, if you provide it back to them but you know don't be abusive to them because you know that's just the one thing we don't need uh, just it's all about love and caring there's one of the things somebody told me once and i can't remember who it was um that dogs will be loyal to you no matter what you know and that dog your its relationship you know they're not going to be with somebody else their lifetime is going to be spent with you so treat them well you know Absolutely. because dogs have feelings too and one of the things about the research um is that they are incredible in terms of how intuitive they are their ability to communicate with us as well so not just what they can pick up from us in terms of how we're feeling how we're doing but also physiological conditions as well so we know there are certain dogs that are trained to know that you're going to have a seizure before you even know that you're going to have one um, and so many other conditions there were dogs at one point i think that they're trained to be able to spot covid um you know it's mind-blowing isn't it yeah. absolutely mind-blowing um but if someone's listening today who's got anxiety, depression, particularly those who perhaps have recurring issues, have a think about a dog, <laughs> you know, right. have a look at, you know, obviously there's a balance because some rescue dogs will need special care and attention and, and knowing what you've got the capacity for is really important. Um, but I don't know whether over there you have the same kind of culture of going to your kind of veterinarian and asking their advice about, you know, doing your research, getting some um, informed advice on the type of animal that's going to suit you so that you get benefits but you're also able to care for it in the right way as well chock full of information on, yes. on animals as well so so remind us where we can find you so if people want to know more about you when your book's out i'm going to get you straight back on <laughs> i'm gonna get you to say that on camera so i can hold you to it i get first dibs on absolutely <laughs> um, where do you hang out where can we find you so i have my show notes from before but i want to make sure I'm, I'm up to date there's nothing's changed since we last spoke yeah mostly it's just my instagram and i have not been posting much lately just due to my circumstance Life, i've been more time with my dog you know we all have to kind of take a break and step we back we should take but, note from that we should yeah. literally follow <laughs> suit yes yeah. uh, it's at uh, sp lovelace uh, on instagram and you know, they can find me on Facebook as well. Steve Lovelace from Edmond, Oklahoma. Um, otherwise, you know, I'm just out there living my life. I'm not trying to impress anybody. I'm just trying to make it the most of what life I have left at 60 years old. So You're being you. Exactly. <laughs> and you do it well. <laughs> um, and there's also that really, I think, an inspiring thing is the getbackuptoday.com 
um the video of you that's yeah. on there the story um yeah I, on I, I youtube you can find me on youtube uh steve lovelace paratriathlete uh you'll find my video on youtube that covers my story as well in detail because i think people need to hear that as well um it's been so nice we've had a shorter more fun episode today but i'm sure we'll have you back on again <laughs> i like having people come back again it feels really familiar and it's really nice and as i said before i'm about making connections so it's really lovely to make connections and it's really as well because you're outside people won't be able to see this obviously with the listen to the podcast on a yeah. podcast platform but have a look on our social media for the videos because your garden's just amazing <laughs> i have garden envy um and now i'm going to find myself googling your dog <laughs> <laughs> two two is enough i don't think my husband will let me to have three, go. but if you've got two you may as well have three right <laughs> well, thank you again tara i really appreciate it it's a great connecting with you i look forward to the next time and maybe we'll have an episode on cats you know <laughs> yes. let's do that absolutely we have to big one up for the tabby cat especially those that have to put up with living with dogs as well um it's so exactly. nice to see you this has been really the perfect end to my week now <laughs> take care of yourself and um, we'll be i'm sure connecting very soon take care steve thank you tara Thank you for listening to this episode of the Adversity Psychologist podcast. It's so lovely to have you here. I'm Dr. Tara Quintrarillo and you can find me at drtara.co.uk. You'll see everything I'm up to, free resources, my media work and my new COVID recovery clinic as well. Remember to please rate and review my podcast. It really helps people to benefit from the narratives of overcoming adversity if they know where to find us. The Adversity Psychologist podcast, helping you step at a time.